Welcome everyone to the Siege Mentality Podcast. It is episode number 23 here. And you know, as much as I want to talk NBA, I gotta be honest, my heart's not in it anymore. If you've been following my Twitter feed the last week and a half, you know, my heart's now in baseball, 100%. And you know, it's funny, there's been a bunch of podcasts out there, and uh, they, they did not like my tag team very much. Um, and, and so I decided to uh, bring on the man who drafted this beautiful team with me personally in my opinion um greg blankenship you can follow him on twitter at gb fantasy bb and uh greg thanks for coming on buddy hey thanks for inviting me siege it sounds like a good time and we maybe we finally get to talk or talk about our own team for a while instead of everybody else talking about it for us oh yeah you, you know it's funny like look i'm respectful if you have a different opinion on the team that's fine like guess what a lot of people don't have the balls to draft this team. Straight up. They don't have the balls to draft it. You know? Um, but telling me that a team with Ronald Acuna, Adalberto Montesi, Kyle Tucker, Nolan Arenado, and Aaron Judge is a one-category team is just lazy, and it's just a cheap shot because you can't possibly believe that. You can't believe that. Come on. Like, there's some teams whose fifth hitters are, and I'm not going to – I'm just going at random. Michael Brantley is a team's fifth hitter. Um Mike, Must- oh, sorry, Marcus Simeon is their fifth hitter. Uh, I see one with Carlos Correa as their fifth hitter. Our fifth hitter is Aaron Judge. Don't you dare call me a one category team. Yeah, one category is. I mean, we got one category locked up. Well, yeah, you know, I, I mean, like, yeah, steals. Is, uh, <laughs> we got a uh, lock key. Key's been thrown away into the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean on steals. Um, yes, we even, sne- we even have some sneaky like steals guys too. Like, that yes. no one's counting on. But, like, you know, Christian Pache is going to get us six, seven bags. Yeah, everybody was asking me the other day. Five or six bags. We're not going to need them. But we'll no, we don't need them. Yeah, everybody was asking me about what my love for Pache was. And I said, well, as of right now, or I was thinking, you know, as if he gets – if he wins that spot, he's going to help us in a lot of things at that price. And sure enough, I looked on last night, and they've got him penciled in as uh, making the squad. So – not sure if it's happening yet, but that kind of excited me. And all that power we were able to get late with the steals up top. And, I mean, everybody's concerned about batting average, but I don't – I mean, we don't have to finish top in batting average. I mean, a point or two you – know, two, three points in batting average can swing you four spots in, you know. So I'm seeing a lot of other teams that don't have – I mean, compared to us, they have no hitting. So they're all going to be fighting for the hitting and it's just a crapshoot at that point. You know, they could finish second. They could finish 12th in hitting because it's that close between the other teams. And that's kind of where we drafted. Let's dominate hitting, leave pitching alone. Yeah. So we'll go in a little more detail. I think that's kind of our overview. It's just like, look, we have, we took a lot of high upside injury prone arms um, in the later rounds. Sure. I'll fully acknowledge it. Uh, there, there is a chance that, there, zero of our starters are on our team in May. Possible. Would I say it's very likely? No. Is it possible? Sure. It's totally possible. I, I first want to acknowledge that. But, you know, I, the talent is there um, for these guys. Uh, but let's just get started at the top. Uh, just we'll quickly right. hop through the first couple rounds. Um, we had the second pick, 15-teamer. Uh, uh, we wanted to be in the middle because uh, we wanted to have some hope at, at the Verde Monacy. We draw the second spot, uh, so you know we're choosing between Soto, Acuna, Tatis, 
and Trout, we're not taking a pitcher that early. Um, that's not our jam. Um, and so, you know, uh, we probably ran through, what do you think, like 15, 20 different possible combinations for the second pick, like first two picks? Yeah, it was tough because, I mean, we're in this league with, you know, it's a 15-teamer. We knew pitching was going to be pushed up, and we had no idea who was falling to us. And, you know, had we known Mondesi was going to fall to us, I think we would have thrown a party. And because we wanted, like you said, we wanted to draft in the middle to get Mondesi. That's you and I have been on Mondesi for a couple of years. And, you know, everybody makes fun of us every draft season and it seems to be paying off every draft season. So I'm a Mondesi guy. Yeah. Um, you know, so we had our choice between uh, Acuna, Tatis, Trout. Uh, Soto went one. I think we had made our mind up if Soto was on the board at two, we were going to go in that direction. Um, yes. But it, it, <clears throat> Acuna is totally fine. I, I, I like Acuna, you know, 40 homers, 40 seals, um, worst case scenario, 35, 35, um, good park, um, good offense, going to lead off good runs, good RBIs guy, you know, perfectly solid. He, he's, it's funny. Like people are like, Oh, you know, you love to draft towards the back. Like you can't lose the draft in the first round. Tell that to anyone who drafted Christian Yelich last year. Yes. Yelich. And there was, I mean, you know, <clears throat> let's say one of those arms gets hurt. It's it's hard to come back from a first round. Justin Verlander. Yeah, it's it's really hard to come back from a. You can, but if your first round pick is a pitcher and he gets hurt, you were relying on him and faded pitching a little bit. You know, pushed down a couple pitchers. Uh, you could be in some big trouble. So, I'm more comfortable with hitters in the first round. Usually, first two, three rounds, I like hitters. So, that's just kind of where we, I was comfortable going there. Yeah, and I, I I'm the same way. I, I'm not a pit pay off for pitch especially in this room like in this room i just knew full well we were just not gonna get there wasn't a pitcher that was gonna fall right it just wasn't gonna happen um so you know pick two uh we took around Acuna, and i think starting around like pick what do you think it was like 2021 we started having some hope here you know like woodruff and kershaw we kind of expected would come off the board um even zach allen i thought could come off the board and it's like you know there's machado xander rendon bichette modesty if if those pitchers come off the board, like we're going to get one of those guys. And those are guys I didn't think we had much of a chance of getting, to be honest. Yeah. When we were talking pre-draft, you know, the couple days before we thought if we were lucky, <clears throat> we could start with at worst Acuna Bogarts and Bogarts went to team five in the second round. Then it went Rendon. So they jumped those two Woodruff and Kershaw got pushed up, you know, and, Team three took Bichette, which I mean, I'm nothing, nothing against Bichette, nothing against them drafting Bichette, but what is Bichette going to do better than Mondesi other than maybe average? I mean, he gives you a little bit of everything, but he's not dominating a category like Mondesi is. And I, I mean, with the second round pick, I kind of want something that's huge, you know, not just, a, oh, he's going to help me everywhere. I just want something. I want something big, a game changer at that point, I think. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad Modesty fell. going to help me win categories in the first two rounds. Like, I, yes. I want a guy that's like going to be a guy. That's why I like Acuna. That's why I like Soto. That's why I like Trump. I like <clears> Mookie <throat> Betts for that matter. You know, he, He's going to be just a dominant force, right? Yes. He's just going to be an absolute dominant force. And so for me, it's just one of those things that I just absolutely love here. Um, talk about what we had to change when we get to Mondesi and I'll be right back. I got to turn off this stupid fan. Okay. So when we went to Mondesi, you know, their second round, we thought coming back, we were going to have to get, you know, 
a choice. And team one went Gallon and Flaherty on us. And that kind of left us with a lot of options at on our third round pick. And uh, I believe there was a lag in the thing and it picked Max Scherzer for us because we took like our almost all our time. We had all but seven seconds left when we clicked on Kyle Tucker. We had to stop the draft because it gave us Max Scherzer. And we were like, no, we don't. We we have a lag problem and it happened to a couple other teams throughout the thing. And we decided, let's go with Tucker. Let's get that 27 to 32 home runs. Let's get another 25, 20, 25 steals and let's dominate the steals category. Pack on the power, you know, runs. And, you know, he's not killing us in average. And we thought those three were perfect. And then we were, we were hoping to get our first pitcher in the fourth round, you know, as Sonny Gray, but that didn't work out. So we we adjusted and just kept pounding the hitting, man. I have a question for you. So, yes. you know, I, I as team, after person after person, you know, started kind of critiquing our team, I kind of just did like kind of a, a deep kind of introspection. If we had known that we were not going to get a pitcher in the fourth or fifth round, would you rather have gone Kyle Tucker or Tim Anderson? Oh, man. I don't like going shortstop, shortstop. I, I just, I just think that kind of ham, you know hamstrings you the rest of the draft. You you already used up a middle infielder, and honestly, Tim Anderson gives us a little batting average, more maybe. I mean, he could always fall back like everybody you know has predicted the last couple of years, and Tucker could. I mean, I just think Tucker's a better, better player in a. In a fantasy draft, honestly, okay, I think he enough. could be he yeah. could he could be a late first round, early second round pick next year. Totally, he, he totally has that ability. I was just curious because, like, I, as I was kind of doing, it's like you know, it'd be kind of nice to have the extra batting average. We don't really need the steals. Um, certainly, you know, if everyone's right and they move Amadisi down to fifth or sixth, which seeing the comments in the last few days, I don't think is going to happen. But you know, it's possible. Um, you know, add, add some more runs and stuff. But I think Kyle Tucker's a more shoot-for-the-moon guy. And as our third hitter, we certainly don't need him to be as elite as some of these teams were if they say he was their first hitter or their mm-hmm. second hitter. Um, so I was just curious about that. Um, yeah, we, we kind of had a plan of getting Sonny Gray in the fourth. I, I think that we felt pretty good he'd be on the board at 59. Um, it just didn't happen. Pitching just kept getting shoved up. Uh, you know, I kind of just assumed they'd stop at some point. And it kind of was just the theme for the draft. It's like, I just kind of assumed at some point that someone would try to draft some hitting, right? And pitching yep. just kept getting jammed up and up and up. It just didn't stop. Like, Hendricks in the third, Hater early fourth, um, you know, Lance Lynn mid-fourth. I like Lance Lynn, but mid-fourth is really aggressive. Um yeah, he went before he went before Plesak and Gray, right before and Carrasco right there. And I just, I mean, I don't know. Man, I like that's Lynn, a tough. But that is an expensive price to pay. That's a tough area right there. I mean, yeah, it's so it kind of came back to us, and it's like we can jump up Chapman and Iglesias. We could have kind of piggybacked the closers. I think was an option we considered, um, or it was just kind of two bats at that point. Um, you know, Arenado, Judge were available. Azarena was on the board, but with Tucker, I didn't think we really needed him. Kind of what was your thought process kind of once it came pretty clear, like, okay, we're not getting a hit pitcher in the fourth. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, we had talked about that too, is, you know, 
it doesn't scare me to not, I mean, of course you want to, everybody wants to get a, a stud pitcher. We're not, we're not saying we don't want a stud pitcher. We were planning on drafting 32 hitters in a row. We, we wanted our pitcher there, but we aren't pushing up, you know, I mean, Burns went right before our Arenado pick. It wasn't even a thought. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, Burns could get, I mean, it was once Sonny Gray went, we were, it was two closers maybe because we watched uh, team 14 went two closers in rounds three and four. And we thought, okay, maybe we need two closers here. We could keep up with them in saves for sure and dominate the other teams. But with Arenado at pick 59, I mean, that is the power we needed. That's helping us in average. And then it came back and we, I think we debated a little bit on judge. I don't even really remember. I think it was Chapman maybe. And we decided let's just go with the flow and just pound hitting and honestly just piece together the, the rest of the draft, just piece together everything that we just add to everything, you know, and just piece the pitchers together. And it, I think it worked out well. The only thing I don't, you know, we got three outfielders right away, but I think later in the draft, we got enough position eligible people to move around. I think that helped us a lot. And so that did kind of worry me having three early outfielders, but not with those three. I mean, it's not like we got some average outfielders. We took some monsters. Yeah. I, it's, to me, I just felt like Chapman and Iglesias. To me, if we were taking one closer, I kind of wanted to t- take two. Like, again, dominate another cat. Like, we got saves. Let's go dominate another category. Um, you know, be way ahead of the field at that point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no one else would have had a closer at that point, even in tier one. Like, people would have just been now forced to draft the tier two closers. Um, you know, I just think Aaron Judge has a monster season in him. One of the things that I don't think has been talked about enough is the humidor effect. There are five mysterious humidors out there. Well, four now. I found one out, by the way. I'll tell you after the pod. Um, All right. One of the locations of one. Um, and I actually found some more eliminations. So, like, I'm starting to get a little bit closer to where where it is. Oh, by the way, if you listen to the pod and you happen to know if this, your team stadium has a humidor that's not already in start. So, if you're not, the Mets, Seattle, Boston, Coors Field or Arizona, and you know that your stadium is or is not going to have a humidor, slide in the DMs. I want to know about it. Um, I was offering up some subscriptions earlier. So just a PSA, if you happen to know someone on a team, find out for me. I'll I'll gladly gladly take that information. Um, But, you know, there's there's a couple candidates that I I feel pretty strongly about that I think are like, hey, like, I think these are really strong candidates for humidors. And uh, people are just drafting their offenses. But I, I just think, like, Judge is a beast. He isn't – what the hell is a humidor going to stop Aaron Judge? Ball goes 405 feet <clears> instead of 415? Like, okay, whatever. Yep. Um, Arenado in St. Louis, like, okay, he's not going to do what he did in Coors, but 30 home runs, 95 RBIs in that offense, no problem. So yeah. I just – to me, like, I just think we're in good and great shape now. We've now in great shape in four categories to me. Runs, home runs, RBIs, and steals, I think we're in the top third. At worst, top third. So that's 40 points in the bag. We need a probably, what, 105, 110 to win this bad boy? Yeah, I, I usually just say about in a 15 team, I usually say right around uh, 107 is about the magical number. I mean, it could go, you could be 102, 110. I mean, it's, but I just, you know, 105 to 110, you're probably right. You're in it. So right. So to me, that's just like, okay, that's 40 <clears throat> to 48 points that we can kind of at least just like on the low edge. Great. You know, um, I, I don't think any other team, can say that right like they could say we're in great shape in categories but 
I feel really good. We can just pencil in top third in those four categories. Like now we got some pitching work to do. Sure. Guess what? Yep. They, they all have a ton of hitting work to do. Um, so I just kept thinking that pitching would fall. Like I really was convinced that Rosenthal or Presley would fall to the next round and it didn't happen. Uh, the closers ended up going uh, in the sixth round. A couple teams decided to take a third or fourth pitcher, a closer, um, half a dozen one or the other. I totally understand it. You don't really want to get behind the ball on a 15 team or in saves. Yes. Um, not with this group either. Fab is going to be brutal. So yeah, Moncada going at the five six turn, I thought was annoying. I I, I really like the pick of Moncada. He's one of the. He's probably like the one target of mine that we did not get on this team, and I was just like, man, between him and Austin Hayes, which in retrospect yeah. I should have known better. I should have known that uh, Team Ten would take him. Uh, he's been enough rooms with me to know that I'll shove up Austin Hayes. Uh, so that was probably a mistake, and we were going to shove him up right there too. So like they took him in the right spot. I know they're yep. listening. So, like, you definitely took Austin Hayes in the right spot. He was number one in our queue, and I was just going to click and not even give you a veto. Um, <laughs> I think I I, Austin Hayes this year. Yeah, it was – It was. that was annoying. There was a couple annoying picks, of course. Yeah, but that's what happened to you for sure. I, yeah, I think I mean, one of the things that helped us too is, like, it's not necessarily a bad team, but team one was just in a completely different wavelength than us. Like, it took, yes. it took until round, like, 24 for us to, like, really get sniped on the turn, mm -hmm. um, which – I mean, I'll take that every time. Um, it's an interesting team. It's all, I don't think it's a bad team. I don't think it's a great team. I don't. I, I think it's. Per, I honestly, I think it's firmly right smack in the middle. It just did not like conflict with our strategy at all, which was really nice. Yeah, they went. Uh, you know, they went with Zach Allen, Jack Flaherty early, so they kind of didn't need to hit. You know, the pitching, and they took you know Brad Hand and Pablo Lopez, but we we honestly went five hitters, five pitchers, and. Honestly, if you, when you when I look at these other teams, and I've said this on my pod, and I've said this, pounded the drum on Twitter, people you know laugh at me, do whatever, but two aces in the first three picks, or three aces in the first four, or whatever is, it's perfectly fine. Do what you want to do, but when five teams are doing it, you are no longer having advantage in pitching. You are now fighting with five teams for those four categories, and you might get ninth or 10th or you know nine or 10 points out of that you don't you're not guaranteed to be the number one team so you can't bank on 15 points you might get nine well if we're dominating hitting and we're in fighting for those next we don't need to compete with the top teams in pitching now we need to compete with i mean the what we figure hurt the team that loses yeah. their injury their first round pitcher the team that loses their fifth round pitcher that's the mm -hmm. team we need to compete with yeah and team 14 started out you know story bellinger Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader, Biggio, their first starter was in round six and was Framber Valdez. How's that? I mean, that sucks. I don't – I mean, I like their bill. I like what they did to start out the draft. I, I like their draft, actually. But they don't have their start – they don't have their SP1 now. So their SP1 now is Zach Greinke. Our SP1, our SP1 is Dylan Bundy. What's the difference? There, there is – I mean, you could even argue, like, their SP2 is – David Price now. Now, granted, they didn't yeah. draft it that way, but we are still a month out from the season, and that's like the reality mm -hmm. is like they've got Grinky Price and we've got Bundy Lamette. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think we're a dog. I mean, Lamette's no. got his issues, and we'll talk about him, but yeah. I, I don't think we're a dog there. You, you know, know not and, like, yeah, we're. I'm not picking on any team to say that. Oh, that's terrible. It's just what happens. You know, I'll pick another team out. I mean, team four. Just bad luck. Like they didn't yeah. draft poorly. Like if they had Valdez oh. and Greeky, guess what? Like that's a really good combination. It's just yep. now they don't. And, and 
you know, like that's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. They and they had a similar plan that we did. You know, they just put closers up a league. They got the top two closers. I mean, on an ADP, you know, and it is. But you know, like Team Four, they went Max Scherzer, and then they got uh, Ryu, and then they got Morton as their number three. And it's like, well, we got Bundy, Lamette, and honestly, I'm counting Devin Williams as an SP three. Yeah, well, uh, we, let's talk about our pitchers. Uh, right. Around six through ten, we took Christian Jack. Kenley Jansen, Dylan Bundy, Dillison Lamette, and Devin Williams. I want to start with Karinchak because apparently people think he's not going to be the closer. Um, has anyone like I've read? I've gone now through going through the injury reports, and you tell me if I'm wrong. This feels like the fantasy industry going. They've been so cheap in every other aspect. They will be cheap here too. I'm just not sure that flies, right? They still have to put fans in the seats this year. Like, guess what? As much as I love baseball, baseball in 2022 is no lock to happen. Okay? Like, it's no lock to happen. They had no fans in 2020. They can't count on fans in 2022. What are they going to do? Not play anyone exciting to get fans in the seats? I'm not buying that for five seconds. Yeah, and I actually think that was one of the arguments there was that something about arbitration, if you get saves, it's going to cost more. I mean, oh, okay, Sure, but I'm not playing that game. And you're he's he's getting some saves. And by the way, so, what, what evidence do we have that this is a team that's like manipulating service time? I I don't rec- I don't remember them like holding guys back. Yeah, like, I don't. Not one of the teams that I'm worried about. Yeah, and I mean, you just got to let. Sometimes you got to let these young pitchers just go because if, they're going to get hurt, and you're going to end up with like we had talked about Forrest Whitley a couple days ago. It's like, that's what you get for holding. I mean, you know, it sucks, but you should have called him up and just let him go at that point. You're trying to save money and now you don't have anything. Yep. And there's a bunch of prospects like that, that I, I yeah. Kind of, eventually I'm going to kind of just like sit down and maybe like an all-star break and just kind of go through it all. And just be like, manipulating service time has messed up a lot of players careers. And there's a player that I really like that went on draft in this league that actually we'll talk about at the end. Um, when mm-hmm. we start talking about some like outfielders late, yeah. um, that like, you know, I, I think he might have a job. Um, okay. uh, it's intriguing. Cause he, I didn't think he, it's funny. It's a player that we talked about and I didn't think he had a job on the day we drafted this, which was <laughs> by the way, we drafted this on the 21st of February. Um, so we've had a few weeks to kind of sit and digest this a little bit. Um, but at the time, I didn't think he had a job, and now I'm kind of convinced he does have a job. Um, to me, like, the thing with our pitching is Krenshak and Jansen are – and the, we backed them up, too. For our, Like, credit to us, we backed them up, right? So yes. we don't really just have Krenshak and Jansen. We have the Cleveland closer, and we have the Dodgers closer, right? We have Trinan, and we have uh, Classe. Um, so, like, we don't really have those two guys. We just have those situations, and – those are some pretty good situations to have, in my opinion, yeah. in this type of year. Yeah, there was some talk about Whitgren. I mean, <laughs> I remember that. Look, I mean, I, I, I really I, try to be polite the best I can. If Whitgren is the closer, things have gone terribly. First of all, the whole goal for Whitgren is to try and trade him. He's 29. So you're going to yep. put him in a new high leverage role he's never pinched in? Why? Because what? guess what? Yeah. Whatever contender he's going to, he's not going to be the closer, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to view him as a middle reliever anyways. So why wouldn't you give him, like, let him pitch in less strenuous innings, make him look better, and then ship him off? Yep. And, I mean, a lot of people don't 
it's I think it's a kind of a you know a block and some analysis sometimes. If Karinchak does not close, what does he get instead of saves? Wins. Wins. So now, okay, so now we've got a monster reliever that is going to get some wins in a season where we have no idea. We get seven inning games. We're going to have COVID. We're going to. So now we got one of the top relievers in the game paired up with Devin Williams and the Dodgers closers. And we have another, you know, the other Cleveland guy that I think is better than Whitgren also. That could, yeah, so we might have, we might be starting all of them in weeks and just pound up, pound whip and ERA and figure out how to get to our innings limit. Yeah. Like there's, there's going to be enough pitcher volatility and movement this year. Like I'm not worried about getting to the floor, um, especially because we're going to be starting off with Kluber and Paxton and Wayno and Lamette and Bundy. Like we got five starters to start the season. It's not like we had zero um, singer. What singer and singer. It's not like we've got no stars. And we got Chris Archer, by the way, who's a fantastic streaming option for week one. If you guys haven't looked at your week one streamers, Chris Archer starts off with a doozy of a start. Um, but to me, I just like, again, like, is is it as sexy as, you know, Bauer, Castillo, Urias, Sanchez, Soroka? No, it's not as sexy as that. But like, well. it's it, but like, it's, it's not as sexy as it. Like, those are more buzzy names. But okay, so, here, I, yes. so here's, the, here, here's the trivia question for you, okay? Yeah. So last year, right, you know, everyone's just projecting these guys to go 150, 170 innings plus, right, coming not, off of not you know, last year, which was the lowest inning pitch. Of the top 30 uh, pitchers in innings pitched last year, so, you know, of the top 30 starting pitchers, they're all starting pitchers, how many do you think we have on our team? Oh, Starting pitchers? Yeah, they're all starting pitchers. Like uh, everyone, I'm just telling you right now, all the starting of any what well, you got, the highest yeah. Any pitches, they're all starters. I know we got three of them. It's four. Is it four? We have four, right? We so got for it. all the for all the complaints about our team is like you guys don't have the innings, you don't have the innings. Well, I mean, we have four of the of the thirty highest innings. Now the funny thing is, we don't have another one after that in the top hundred. But we've got four guys that like let were right there in innings pitched last year. So. I just think it's intriguing, right? It's interesting because, like, it's funny. Like, you know, for example, Julio Urias. I'm just – it's a player. It's not even the picking on the team in this case. It's just picking on the player. Like, 120 innings ceiling max? If he's a starter. I mean, I assume that the Dodgers are going to – I just assume the Dodgers are going to play games with everyone that's not yeah. Trevor Bauer. Could you see him get six starts? And I be... think that would be an outlier. Well, could I see him get I, like fourteen to fifteen? Yeah. Well, I mean, most most likely he's getting more, but it's, would it just shock you if they just put him in long relief because they just? I mean, I th and, I think that like eight Dodgers. I think there's like seven Dodgers pitchers that are going to get like fifteen starts this season. Well, there you go. I mean, that's going to get like thirty three. Yep. I think they're just going to keep rotating them in and out. Like Kershaw take off a week here and a half here. We'll throw in May. We'll give Urias a start. We'll do a bullpen game with Urias leading off or being the bullpen True. guy. I think we're in for all of that. We and saw then what in happens when season? We think we're not going to see it in a 162 yeah. game season. And what happens time. when what happens when Gonsolin piggybacks off Urias or vice versa and not getting wins, not even qualifying for a win because he's not getting to the five innings. So, and that's, like I said, no picking on anybody's team, but then, you know, this one just kind of stuck out to me because we were talking about it yesterday, but 
How about Sixto Sanchez? Is he guaranteed 30 starts? No, I love the pitcher, but probably not. Yeah, I mean, he's a great pitcher. And then their next pitcher is Mike Soroka. That's their five. Mike Soroka's out for a month at least. I, I, I've gotten burned every time I draft an already injured pitcher. I've so, I mean, me. so are you start? So you're, you're not starting him for the first month. Are you giving him, you know, two, three starts to get up? Or are you just throwing him right in your lineup? I mean, I mean that could so you're, him there. You gotta put him in your lineup. Right? Yeah, you almost have to. But I mean, I if you don't, but that could be disaster too. And you're just like, well, those Here's two the or nice three. Here's the part about our guys, our stunning pitchers. Yeah, we'll know pretty quickly if Lamet tears his UCL. We'll know pretty quickly. We can move on. If Kluber's washed, we'll know about it pretty quickly. If James Paxton's washed, we'll know about it. Right? We're not gonna be playing the. I don't know. We used the ninth round pick on him. We used the fifteenth round pick on him. Should we hold him? We don't have to worry about those those guys. Like it, they are going to be binary outcomes. Yeah. And, well, yeah. We literally don't care. Bye. Right. Like I mean, we'll have to do. Here's the thing: we got to work cutting out for pitching. But guess what? It's what oh. we do. It's what I do in the cut line. I you know, do it every. I have to do it every year. Last year. We have to do it every year. You know what I shouldn't have done? I shouldn't have taken pitchers. That my the two pitchers I took in the first twelve rounds, I got to combine one inning pitched, and finish thirteenth in the overall. If I had just taken a live body that played forty five games, probably in the top five. In the overall. <laughs> I got one inning pitched. One. I had Corey yes. Kluber and um, uh, David Price. Literally one combined. Uh, yep. Like, I just I, you just got me. Uh, it's just fun. Like, just this is what I do. I, I grind pitching. I do it for daily fantasy. It's just what I do. It, sure, is it going to be harder? Sure, it's a it's a good league. Probably not going to be able to sneak as many guys by. But on the other hand, you know these teams aren't going to be as desperate as we are. Maybe is the word. Like we'll be willing to be aggressive on guys. And it's like if they have to compete in hitting stats and pitching stats and be worried about it, like they can't quite get as aggressive as we can. Yeah, we can. We've got a lot more money that we can budget for pitching because we're not having. I mean, our offense is pretty. I mean, yeah, you know, barring injuries, we're kind of set. Game, but that's about it. Yeah, you know. But what if McMahon goes off? I mean, that could happen. Oh, definitely could. You know, he's yeah. been. I mean, you know, it's in Colorado. You know, you got Urias sets our draft is being listed as a starting shortstop. That's an option for us too. There you go. And then we did take. You know. Luis arrives from Minnesota yeah, that's late. Kind of, that's kind of like we need a body. <laughs> yeah, that was that. And, and that pick was, you know, that pick was based off of, you know, we're, we may need him in week one. And, and so we don't have to fab. Like we took Zach. We got, we, like the best part is we already have a drop. That's not the best part. But we have we have a, we have the pre week one drop. We have one. It actually yep. was probably our best. Yep. Too. <laughs> yeah. We, today we today we found out we have to drop him. Yeah. So. We had Zach written in the third four pick four fifty nine. People were just gonna hand or pick four forty nine. People were gonna hand us two free saves the opening weekend. But yeah, that would have been oh, that would have been awesome. Just uh, all these teams. That was that would have been two saves. Zach Britton didn't get picked. I just whatever didn't cost us yeah. at all. Like just like it's gonna cost us one dollar in fab. So whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, and you know, a lot of other people took some, you know, closer specs, and I would get that, you know, when it's drafted this early and it's a Like, yeah, what, if, he, what if, for example, Chapman? Had, by the way, not I'm not wishing this on this anyone. Like, we we say we're gonna drop Zach Britton. Guess what? If, if Chapman tears his UCL next week, 
we're not dropping Spritton, <laughs> right? So, no, no. No. <laughs> Great. We'll hold on to him, and we'll figure something else out. Um, yeah. It's just, like, I just, the upside of Britain, I just was stunned. I was just like, wait, is this the right Zach Britton? Is this another Zach Britton? I think we spent half the clock trying to make sure that it was the right yeah. Zach Britton. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I mean that was one of the picks that I, I mean, Team 3, they have Chapman, and they I believe, I did. I never seen you get back to us. Like, yeah, oh, they just, God. they let him have, I mean, we got him second to last pick of the draft, okay. and it's like, man, you'd think you'd back him up. They 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 think Whitgren is the closer or whatever and oh, okay that's fine yeah uh, so let's I just want to get back to like the middle of our draft I think this is kind yeah. of where I think we did a really good job and it, um you know I think we like for example we we took after the five pitchers Kurenchek Jansen Bundy Lamette Williams and we have you'll see we take Trinan and Classe later so we're in pretty good shape in saves do we need another save guy maybe but I think Devin Williams by the way has Josh Hader last year showed a lot of the signs of a guy who was hiding an elbow injury. Um, it's not quite as bad as Noah Syndergaard where he just abandoned the slider for a year and you're just like, what the hell's going on? And then like he had to go under the knife. You're like, yeah, got it. He knew something was wrong. But Josh Hader went from being like a fireman, guy who pitched two, three innings, two to three times a week, to pitching 19 innings all season. He never pitched more than an inning, no matter what the situation called for. Like, never. Yeah. Ever. And then he had his worst walk weight of his career. I, look, I, I'm not saying that there's an issue there, but I, if you told me I could get 10 to 1 on Devin Williams being, like, the closer by end of April, I would I would take it. I, I think there's some real risk with him. And, like, if, if something was to ever happen to Hater and we got half a season of Devin Williams as the closer... He I, is RP. He's RP one. If that were to happen. Oh yeah. If, if Hater was I mean, to get traded tomorrow, even if Hater just gets yeah. traded tomorrow, traded. And there's been talks of Devin that. Williams is closer one off the board. Maybe yes. closer two, but I think it's closer one. I I would take him closer one. I mean, he's just nasty. Oh, and... so nasty. People people are like, oh, like he didn't show much in the minors. It's like he didn't show much as this in the minors until he developed the the eighty changeup. What young pitcher do you remember having an eighty changeup? Like I don't remember seeing an eighty changeup, and then you watch it, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's that looks like a eighty changeup." <laughs> and he's going to have as many strikeouts as most teams' starting pitcher three in half the innings. Yeah, I mean, it is he's. Yeah, so that's a, I love that pick. Then starters for the first time in MLB history last year, and I don't expect that trend to stop this season either. Yeah, and back to the hater thing that they really. We talked about this early in the season last year because I believe you know we both liked Hater, Hater last, last year. year. I took him in the first. It was round like he wasn't even he wasn't even pitching. Yep. I took him in the yeah. end of the first round, and he wasn't even. Pitch. It was like he wasn't even out there. Yeah, and it never changed. Mm-hmm. It never changed. No, we kept messaging back and forth. Like, where is? He? I mean, he had like three innings in the first three weeks, or so it felt like I don't. It was bad, but it was it like was, it was where. Bad. They're not even throwing him, and and there were situations. It wasn't just you know, and they weren't no situations. It was like there was plenty yeah. of just point blank situations where you're like, all right, he'd be on the mound. And he's like, he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, not even pitching that week. Like, yeah. you got one inning out of Hater this week, and it was just like, what? I mean, so I mean, like I said, for 19 innings was nice, but like they needed that 19 innings to be like 39, you know. I just look. I'm not saying there's yep. anything wrong with him. I'm just saying like yeah. I mean, he paid. He did okay. He was fine. It's just like I just 
maybe he goes back to be the fire. I just think there's a lot of ways that Devin Williams pays off pick 149. And I, I'm just taking him everywhere. Cut line. Oh. Uh, it, it, yep. Cut line's his worst format, and he just free falls. And I'm just snacking him up. I'm just like, man, yeah, he might suck. But, like, there's yeah. times where you just, like, he'll be a solid ninth guy getting you more points than your starter that got kind of just met way through. I, I just I, – I love the player. And guess what? It's a guess what? It could blow up in our face. But, again, we don't need this to ha- – we don't need to win this category. Like, we need to be, could be no. whip and ERA. We can do that. We can compete in whip and ERA by these elite arms. But guess what? More elite middle relievers always to, and come through. They pop up. And we'll just get them, right? Because they're not going to be huge priorities. So, yeah. so um, I, I feel good about where we're at. Yeah. So what if I tell you this? Uh, Karinchak and Williams don't close. We combine their wins. We combine their Ks. We combine their whip and their ERA. We have the SP1 yeah. of the year. Yeah, I mean, we have... We have spots to get it. But again, it's not like you can't find guys to stream through right yes um, yes we don't need them to be good we don't like nope. if our streaming options post us a 4-8 era perfect like we'll be we'll be <laughs> we'll be right in the middle of the pack in era and whip Maybe well, and i mean look at how many starters that i mean half 15 team you know in a 15 team league you are dropping 10 to 12 to 15 guys off your roster every year and that includes mostly pitchers so, I mean, we were planning on streaming anyway, so why not just stack it at the top, man? Uh, so, um, we did a good job, too. We screwed over a couple teams pretty well the way we actually handled the next 10 rounds. I, I think yes. 11 through 21 was some of our best work. Um, so, round 11, we went with Ryan Mapcastle, a first-base outfield eligible guy um, who, at the time, we listed at first base. Um and uh, I think this is important the way we did this. Um, it's an NFBC-specific thing. I actually was just mentioning about it on Twitter before the show. Um, so we took Matt Castle. I'm just high on this Baltimore offense. I think it's going to be really good. Um, in retrospect, I probably should have taken Hayes over Matt Castle. Um, the batting average probably would have better help for us. Um, I just thought end of the 12th was jumping him enough. I, I thought that, like, one was that 180. I thought he's the guy's going the 210 range. I thought that was more than enough. Um, retrospect, I guess I should have just taken my guy, um, but oh well. Um, like I just thought, like with Santander and Carlson and Hap and Frazier all on the board, I just was, I wasn't really too worried about Hayes getting taken. But props to Team Ten; they they definitely nailed one of our batting average guys from us. Yeah, we were we were kind of throwing things at that time. I mean, cause we were really wanting him and we talked about him for a couple rounds because yeah, we, we we were, taken him over he was kind of a big target of ours. And he was. <clears throat> it was a good fit on the team too. Yeah. But it's, I don't think Mount Castle's a bad fit. I just think Hayes is a bit now, you know, after looking back, we get Hayes, but we, with those two picks, we got kind of a piece of Hayes anyways. Yeah, Matt Castle and Mancini, I think they're going to be good options. Don't think they have the batting average that Austin Hayes has. But, you know, very solid, middle of the order, going to get us good counting stats. And so at the time, we have these guys listed at first base and corner. And they're both listed at first base. I think this was key uh, because, you know, people post put plug, up, plug in their draft boards and they don't hit the refresh button. If you play the NFBC, I can't encourage you enough to hit the refresh button uh, because people will – 
give away their tells with position eligibility before they <clears> need to. Um, we did not here. And so it was really good. We got Brady Singer in the 13th. After we got sniped on Hayes, we were just not going to let ourselves get sniped again on another premium target. We learned our lesson, um, jumped them up, and I, there's a couple teams that were going to take them. So it was a good jump by us. Yeah, I love Singer. I, I took him all over last year, you Me know, too. picked him up at Fab where I didn't. And just, I mean, he is just a solid pitcher, young, kind of gets some heat. I mean, he's one of those innings guys, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yes, he I mean, was. So I think right there is where we, you know, I think we talked about that too. We need innings because we got to get to 1,000, so we got to have a couple. And he's not a, you know, Jacob deGrom, but he's also not going to kill you. Yeah, he's gonna be mid four, mid fours with good K's, oh. and, and you, Kansas City's a could, team that thinks to be better than people think too. Like they think yeah. they're gonna finish third in that division. There could be a few extra wins there that I think people are giving him credit for. And if he goes, if he goes sub four, let's say a three nine eight. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh yeah, that's great. I mean, that is that's money at that point, you know. Awesome. And so I mean, that's that's kind of an upside pick, also. Yeah, totally. It's, it's totally possible. He definitely has that in his range of outcomes. Um, so this is where I think we really screwed a lot of teams. A lot of teams were playing first base waiting games, um, in particular team seven, um, which is a really good team. I think we, we really screwed them at first <laughs> consistently over like this yeah. 10 round stretch. Um, Mancini and Matt Castle have outfield eligibility. And so we came back around the clock, uh, around like middle of round 14. We had a decision to make. Were we going to kind of add a couple pitchers here, or were we going to take some guys that we thought had major power upside um, in Colorado? CJ Crone has been like kind of like the guy. Everyone assumes he's going to win that first base job. He's been mashing in spring training. I can't imagine how he doesn't win that job now. Um, and so we had a decision to make. Did we want to take him there or take like a Sean Murphy type player? And I think you really pushed for CJ Crone and, I think it was a really good decision for us. Um, really just so in case we had any power issues, those are now completely gone with CJ Crown. Yeah. And I, I think at the time it would, this was a huge jump. I, a jump. I mean, I mean, they were talking more than 30 picks. I think it was, but after Austin Hayes, we just did not care anymore. Yeah. You, like I've said many a times, man, after round 10, get your guy because we, it was like Hayes went and we were like, no, Crone's going to go. I knew Justin, team one, Justin Mason and Shelly. We talked about Crone before with him. He's, I, I don't think he's in love with him like, you know, I am. But, you know, he does like him. And they, I mean, without Vlad, they had Vlad, but they got a corner spot. So they could have used him there. So I think that's why we took Crone first there. Yep. And then we took our second baseman, right? But, man, he's first base, second base, third base. Um, so he does provide us some flexibility. Um, we, we plan on starting him at second base. Um, he's going to be the everyday second baseman or third baseman for that Rockies team, depending on what they do. He's going to get tons of at-bats. Um, course field, batting average is an absolute who the hell fucking knows. But um, yeah. him and Crone, are, they could bat 210. They could bat 260. The, the, this is probably the batting average drain portion of our team. Um, people will argue it's a couple guys later. I will disagree with that. I but I, I think this is probably our biggest batting average liabilities on the entire team. Yes, but I think Crone gets that bump in Colorado. You know, it's it's, possible, it's not just totally it's not just home runs that get bumped up in Colorado. It's batting average. So, you know, hitting he's what going to be hitting behind Blackman. 
ah, that's, I mean, that's my spot. maybe McMahon's hitting behind him. I'm not a lot, sure. A lot of but, pitchers in that division too that he's just going to obliterate. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I think it's a good, good two picks there, you know, some upside they're giving us power. That's we didn't, we don't care. And that was what our first three picks did. We don't have to dig up. Oh, we need a 10 stolen base guy and an eight Homer guy because and gives you maybe a few runs, no RBI. We didn't have to take any of those guys. We went power, 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 pile up the runs, pile up the RBI, just anything we could get at that point. Yeah, it, it, I could tell we definitely messed with some teams because like there was no first baseman then taken for like three and a half rounds. So clearly, I think a bunch of teams had their eye on as Crone as their late option um, or McMahon, I guess. But and it just you know at that point didn't work out. Um, then we came back, we took Kluber Paxton. Finally, like this is kind of where the pitching run kind of stopped. And people finally started realizing, like, oh shit, we've got holes, whether it be Schwarber or Gallo or Tapia or Kane or Calhoun and Reynolds or Senzel, who I actually really liked and I thought was a really good pick there by Team Three. Um, like, people were like, oh, we have gaps in power, we've got gaps in speed. And finally, like, those types of hitters went. Even Garrett Hampson. Uh, went in this kind of range and finally like we were able to get some pitching value i thought like kluber and paxton now we're talking like late 180s 190s i thought okay okay now we got some boom bust starting pitching to go with uh help us out maybe try to get a little better if things go right yeah and i mean kluber and paxton i'm not gonna tell you i'm you know extremely confident in them but in, in, I'm not extremely confident in a lot of pitchers that, you know, went way before them. Here's so, the thing, like, I just don't know how many innings any of these guys are going to pitch. We have no idea. Anyone that tells you, like, oh, these mid-tier guys are going to throw 160 innings, no problem. They're mm-hmm. full of it. They're full of it. You have no idea. Their range of outcomes is 120 to 180, and it could be 110 to 180. You got mm-hmm. no idea what's going to happen. And I just think there's a lot of people that are just guaranteeing these innings that I. Yeah, I don't. I I only see. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to be wrong, but I'm seeing you know five or six pitchers that are going to get over 160. Yeah, I have eight over 160, yeah. and I'm sure. Yeah. Like, whoa, that's way too low. And sure, like right. Um, there other guys will get there just because there's a shit yeah. number of pitchers. But that's the number of pitchers I have as over like a 70 percent chance of getting to that number. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot to get. I mean, a lot of these pitchers have never been over 160 ever. And last year they pitched 70 or 80. The teams have like, been babying young pitchers forever. They're not jumping these guys 100 innings when they've never. I mean, like, they could, but I don't see it. And, you know, half the league has talked about, uh, not half the league, but, you know, quite a few teams have talked about a six-man rotation. And the uh, another handful of teams we know for a fact, like the Dodgers, are going to end up being a six-man rotate. They probably won't do it, but at the end of the year, innings-wise, it's going to be a six or a seven-man rotation. And a lot of people are forgetting about the, you know, the big elephant in the room. There's a dead ball that has been announced, and all these pitchers. Can you believe or can you imagine Corey Kluber in New York with the Yankees behind him with a dead ball? If he would it shock you if he throws 135, 140, you know, solid innings, gives you a four two ERA, 
an okay whip and gives you eh, 130 strikeouts. Here's the other thing. We have no idea how these pitchers are even going to react to throwing the damn ball. Yeah, that's very true. We have no idea. You know, Paxton back in Seattle. Nice park. Humidor. I mean, too. you know, that's where he came from. He got the big contract coming out of there in the first place. So what's to say he can't make it work again? He's probably going to end up injured, but yeah, he gives us. Inevitably, like, they're probably just going to get hurt. But at this point in the draft, like, okay. Yeah. Cool. We can't get two or three good starts out of him, though, before he falls apart. Uh, maybe. After Corey Kluber last year, I've learned my lesson from <laughs> my expectations too high. Um, I mean, it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question, you know. No, and like, I mean, I'm just. I'm just looking down here. I mean, uh, for example, like, Taiwan Walker and yeah. Jamison Tyon went went just after him. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. So nothing against those pitchers. Nothing against the teams to take them, you know. Uh, Similar, same type of guy. Yeah. I mean, we got, you know, Sean Manaya and Tony, Tony Gonsolin went, you know, okay. I'm not – I mean, Gonsolin's a hell of a pitcher, but is he going to pitch? I mean – and we don't know. Are you going to know when he's going to pitch? Which is the other yeah. Half of the that's it. That is even if you know this is going to pitch, what happens if they don't announce it? Are you going to be able to start him on Monday? Because you got to enter your pitching lineups on Monday, and if it's a risk that he's not going to throw, he's just Taking riding your bench. Teamers is oh, it's brutal. Happen. It's brutal. So yeah, I kind of like those two. I mean, those two picks there. That's where Upside the, like, the divisiveness of them, like, we're going to either know to play them or to drop them. We're not just going to get stuck in, in middle land. And it's just so such a tough place to live there. Um, and then I I just really love what we did in 18 through 21. I just – I like that part. I, I really love what we did. So we finally took a catcher in Jorge Alfaro, a guy that I believed in last year. I'm COVID guy, and I'm just going to write off the year. Um, looks like he's got that job. There's not really an open competition for it. Um you know, he was the centerpiece in the Rio Muto deal. I think he's kind of just an average. Yes, he's probably like maybe slightly below catcher one, but it's, he's got some upside if he kind of puts it together. And he was putting it together in 2019. So, like, I'm not – I like the player, but there's risk, I guess. It's a catcher. There's always risk. He's not awful. No, he's not awful. He's, he's not awful. I mean – We did get sniped on Yachty. I wanted Yachty in the 16th, but he got we got yeah. sniped there. Team 7, it's, once again. That's damn Team 7. Yeah, they were, they were kind of, they were, they were taking some players of ours. But it was nice. At least it wasn't like the team right in front of you. At least we had some time to be like, all right, fine. You mm-hmm. know, we're not going to get Michael Brantley to help us with our batting average. We're not going to get Yachty to catch a one, who's going to end up as a top twelve catcher like he does every single year of his entire career. And the guy plays one hundred and forty games every yep, just, single year. Like all just right, an accumulator. Fine. He just he's just out there. He's not you know, going to kill yet in anything. Hmm. And Alfaro, Alfaro might get a little bit of a power bump with moving the fences in. I mean, yeah. we forget about that happening. That actually, I think he's fine. He's perfectly mediocre. Yeah. But in the again, pick two forty, getting a mediocre catcher is like a win for me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, our first catch. I mean, we got to have two of them. So. Yeah, and then we, t- we then we jumped um, a player that I loved. And I think you've like really kind of like now been like the co-captain of this train ever since we took him. Um, oh, yeah. Andrew Vaughn uh, of the White Sox, um, superstar prospect. Um, the reports were always good for him, right? Like they said, like we're going to treat him like Robert and we're going to treat him like Eloy. Those guys mm-hmm. were on opening day. They didn't play service time games with them. Um, 
after we did this draft, they announced that they're not going to have the minor league season start on April 3rd. They're going to go back to the alternative camps. I think that's a very important development because now, like, these players aren't going to be playing games. It's, it's one thing if you're burying a guy for two weeks because he's playing games. But, like, doing training in, like, alternate sites, not with the team? Blah. Like, these guys are hot right now. And, like, the DH options are, like, Zach Collins and Adam Engel. Like, Adam it's pretty Engel. clear with who they've got penciled in for that DH slot. And, and the guy is just an average. I mean, he might have struggled with average initially, but long-term for specs is just a power average, just beast. Yeah, he we I took him last night in our uh, in our Friends with Fantasy Benefits draft, and they asked kind of asked me the same thing about, well, do you think he's going to be? I'm like, dude, he's mashing. He's just, I mean, I guess if you want to have Adam Engel as your DH, and you spend you all make, this money to try to win, you're going to have Adam Engel as your yeah, DH. Yeah, they're trying to win. I mean, these every game in this division is going to count, and without the expanded playoffs, it could be huge. So, I mean, I see him breaking camp. I see him being their DH and just crushing, you know. Yeah, me too. I, and in the I, 19th. I think if when he, where do you think he goes in main event season, which is somehow only a few weeks away? How many mains are you doing? I probably won. I haven't signed up for anything yet because I just haven't picked a date. I've been kind of busy and yeah, kind of lazy doing what I'm doing. But if he's announced round 12, uh, 13. Surprised he makes it that far, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just, well, I mean, first I, base, I, I, first I'd base be is pretty. He gets out of the top 150. Well, I mean, I guess never, I mean, let's look at this. In this draft, and I think in, I mean, in a lot of drafts I've been, Alec Baum goes in round eight. I think I'd take Vaughn, Vaughn over Baum, wouldn't you? Mm, no. I like every day, all, all day, every I would take him all day, every day over Alec Baum. Oh, I think would. bombs being, I think, yeah, bombs being way overdrafted. Yeah. I mean, it's, but you know, I mean, but Rizzo's right there. So yeah, I obviously Rizzo, but you know, in round Hosmer is where I'm just like, absolutely yeah. all day. Hand me Andrew Vaughn. Bell and Hosmer. I mean, and Hoskins. Yeah. Hoskins is, a, I have absolutely no idea. I mean, could you, but I mean, you could see Vaughn and Hoskins could be similar players this year. Vaughn's got more upside than that, but maybe I'm just being like completely buying the Kool-Aid on him. But oh, I mean, he probably does have a lot more upside. It's just, it's he's... just so nice to get all those games. Like you got 19 games against Detroit and you got mm-hmm. 19 games against Kansas city, you know, as much as like, we like a couple cats in Kansas city, like end of the day, the bullpens are still terrible. Like that's 25% of your schedule. That's pretty nice. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like I said, he's been just, did he steal a base too? Oh God! Yeah, I mean, we That's were just. What I was afraid. I was like, uh oh, like, like, oh uh, God, here we go. He's just... it, the wheels. It wasn't just like a stolen base. It was like, oh, wait a minute, he's got that kind of speed. <laughs> he, he actually stole the base. It wasn't just given to him. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I think if he, if it's announced, it's a huge jump with him. And we jumped him. We jumped him too. I mean, we jumped him quite a few. I picks jumped there. him everywhere. He's like one of my favorite players. I'm just so. trapped him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I am now too. After we talked, you know, during his draft when we were talking about it, I was like, dude, you, it makes sense, and. I'm not messing around with it anymore. And by the so way, we, exact same type of thing with our next pick, Christian Pache, the number one overall, well, depending on where you're at, number one overall, number two overall prospect for the Atlanta Braves. I, I just have been on the kid ever since uh, they came out in February, like the first day of training camp, and they asked if Pache was the starting center fielder, and they said, it's too early to hand them anything. 
They didn't say, like, it's a competition battle. It's a, they just said, oh, no, it's just too early to hand it to him. And I'm like, so he's going to be the starting day center fielder. Got it. Yep. And this is a guy who, you know, good defender, um, but, you know, certainly going to be – and now we're talking about pick 300. Everyday player who doesn't kill you in batting average and can contribute in the other categories, like, okay, cool. Sign me up. Um, I mean, yeah, with our offense, that's a lottery ticket. Uh, I mean, He's our sixth outfielder. Because once we took Crone and Vaughn, we that's how we got Vaughn and Crone so late. It's because we had Mount Castle and Mancini as first baseman. And I just realized we went to sl- before we would take Crone, just slide him into the outfield slot. And yep. we definitely got a few teams with that. Because we have, like, by position eligibility, we have, I think, six first basemen on our team. I, um, five or six, yes. Six. It, it, so, like, people were like, oh, they're not going to draft another first baseman. We can wait. And then we would just take another one. <laughs> and that slide was our, the outfield. <laughs> but that is where the late power is. And, yeah. and they, that's they, all we cared about. These teams were waiting on the power on first base because they knew that's where the late power was. Yes. Everybody knew it. And we have, you know, by doing all what we did up top, we did not have to mess around with, like I said, I mean, John Birdie went before Andrew Vaughn. Not a bad player, but I don't like that. I don't like having to count on John Birdie for my team to, you know, win. And it's just not like how – it's not how I like to build. And, you know, he may not play. He may – I mean, you basically drafted him for stolen bases, honestly. That's it. And second base. Yeah. So, I just – I'm much happier with Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. And like Bobby Dahlbach too. We we took in round twenty one. The Alfaro Vaughn Pache Dahlbach is where I think we just really like really put yeah. ourselves in great position offensively because mm-hmm. it's funny. A lot of people were. I saw a lot of people being like Dahlbach's a batting average drain, and there were some stats last night. And I went back and did another deep dive. I don't think people understand like at every here. I'm gonna go. Bobby Dahlbach is like oh like oh everyone's like oh he can hit hard. He's really good, and I totally agree with that. But I don't think people understand that. He's been really patient. Um, it's just the first time through a, a level, he definitely has a walk rate trap. So I'm just going to start with, so 2017, I uh, started off the season in rookie ball with a 15.6% walk rate. Went to high A ball, 10.9% walk rate. Starts 2018 in A ball, plays 100 games, 14% walk rate, 31% K rate. Goes to the AA for the last month of the season, 4.8% walk rate, 37% K rate. Not very good. Comes back in 2019, start of 2019, uh, plays 105 games at double A, 15.5% walk rate. He quadrupled or tripled his walk rate and cut his K rate to 25%. Then he goes to triple A for the playoffs. Same thing as we saw what happened the prior year when he moved up a level 4% walk rate. The K rate actually wasn't all that bad. So then he goes to the major leagues last year, plays a short half a season after starting the season in the alternate camp. 10.9% walk rate, 42% K rate. And everyone's projecting him to be this 9% walk guy and a 38% K rate. And I'm saying, like, we haven't seen that anywhere in his profile other than, like, one-month stints at a new level. Like, I think he's a lot better of a player than the like, projection systems call him a 220 hitter. I have him as projected at 250, and I feel fine with it. He's never yeah. hit 234 at any level. Two, I mean, two fifty. I, I don't. 
I don't know. I mean, it, it, but 220 is, I mean, 220 is, God, I mean, how do you project very many people to be 220? I mean, you're in the majors and without him actually. Too. It's not like yeah. he's like this nobody. He was a fourth round pick out of high school. He was the, he was a high rank in the Red Sox system. Like, it's yeah. not like this is a nobody. Well, and I also, you know, I, I brought this up a few times also is the league average batting average last year was 245. Yes, that's a lot of, you know. But guess what, by the way? When they're like, oh, like all these pitchers below $5 in, pit, in value were uh, like a 5.2 ERA, they do the same thing to pad the yeah. stats. So yeah. they do the same damn thing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when they're saying, oh, well, you can't, you, you can't use those hitters that you'd never use. Well, you can't use those pitchers that we don't even know their names. They're not real players to, a, you know, we're like, oh, who's that? We don't know. So – like you said, they're using those stats, so why can't we in the batting average department? And if you've noticed the 80th percentile batting average in, you know, if you're going in an overall or, you know, in your benchmarks, it's been going down. It has been, you know, last year we had tons of awesome hitters having horrible years. And some players had monster years, and I think people are just kind of, kind of writing off 2020 like it never actually happened which i don't i mean it happened and you don't 60 games is only 60 games but it's still sick i mean that's still a third of a season that you were hitting major league pitching and like i said i don't see what did he hit what was it 260 last year is that what it was yeah he's 263 263 that's pro yeah that's not happening i mean not happening again as I far as i can see k rate is very indicative i think we're looking at like a 32 percent k rate yeah i mean 42 percent is awful i mean i don't not i'm not claiming i'm a major league hitter but geez i mean 42 percent is a top pros you know you're it's not gonna but highly highly touted you know and big power guy i think that that 42 percent has to come down i mean it will and even if it doesn't, he's still going to mash homers all year long for us. I mean, <laughs> batting average be damned, he's going to mash some homers. And I just – that's another upside pick in round 21. Yeah, I really like the player. I think I mean, going to be a little better. I, he kind of reminds me of like a Mondesi type where everyone's just like, oh, the batting average would be terrible. And I'm just like, it's not going to be quite as bad as you think. Um, yeah, it never has been. It never has it, been. And it I never has been. So please just – if it if it is it is but don't at some point we got to stop using all these numbers to it's get to where we are on guys yes. you don't like and projecting the ceiling on guys you like yes we're we you know people that don't like Mondesi are saying oh, he's gonna bat 215 like when is he bat at 215 please tell me that you know so you know if they drafted Dahlbach they'd probably be making the same argument we have so I mean it is what it is yeah, uh, I, I really like that part of the draft. And then, you know, the back end of the draft is kind of just not very relevant to a lot of people. We took a, we took a spec at catcher. I haven't even looked to see what his how the, that job battle's going. Uh, <laughs> took Luis Urias, who I, I, I love, Trinan and Classe, and kind of just threw, took some pitching darts. But these are guys that might not make it on our team past, like, week one. Um, is there anyone in particular you wanted to mention at this point? Well, I mean, with the Tyler Stevenson pick, we debated – what to even do there 
And what we're going to do is we're going to fab Stella. And I yeah. didn't, I, that was the one the time the team one list like really just yep. broke my heart. I was like, Ugh. and then we, but with Stevenson, we kind of talked about it. Like, let's just take him. And if we need to, we'll fab a catcher for, for a dollar. The first, why are we wasting, you know, round 15 picks on a catcher when we can get him or somebody else? It's pretty equal in value of at, you know, pick 24, 27, 28. We just honestly probably should have went with Stella there, but it is what it is at that point. Yeah. And then really Urias. About them taking Stella. They had Edmonds, Solak, and Jimenez. It's like, oh, we're fine. Um, yep. But we were not fine. And Urias, it was just one of those multi-position. We may need him in week one if we can't fab somebody just to fill a position that maybe, <clears throat> you know, let's say, oh, what we're, we're actually looking at McMahon. What is if if the first three days of the season over that weekend, he doesn't start on the first day, we're going to have to plug in somebody into that spot. So we, or if he's we kind of, let's say they're facing two lefties in the weekend and they're, mm-hmm. I don't know where they start, but. And then we just got my boy Keegan Aiken again. Yeah. We love him. I feel, I feel guilty if I don't draft him. He's got, Major K upside. Um, he's going. I mean, he he's he undrafted. Baltimore, if in case you don't know who he is, like he's got a job. Yeah. He has a job. He's got massive K upside, and he could be the you know John Means a couple years ago was a streamer that I used a lot, and you just pick and choose those matchups if you can. You know, stay out of Camden. You know, you're gonna get Cleveland. You know, you're gonna get some, you're gonna get some teams that aren't really that good, and you can stream a guy that gets you high K's. Maybe sneak a win, you know. Maybe get you some, you know, five six innings, high K's, give up a couple runs, and maybe you get you a give win. Them four runs, like okay, not the end of the world. We got these relievers to help us with our yep. whip and ERA, right? It's not gonna be yeah. like we don't have to stress about like every bad start. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I made my mistake last year when I was doing the strategies. I didn't give myself like enough of those relievers that I'm like, all right, look, like we'll be okay. The world's not going to end, you know, and, um, you can be it, fine. And guess what? Sometimes yes. you're going to find like last year, I found like the remember the Tyler Anderson one hitter complete game. I yep. had him on every team last and during that start, every team. I mean, and he wasn't was, it? Like, a major saver. Just like what? cut those like, rates, the ratios mm-hmm. way down. But, I mean, like Josh Fleming last year. I mean, he's being drafted this year, but last year he was a fab, a dollar fab for, and then drop him. And then you could pick him up three more weeks later when he had an okay or a two-star. I mean, there's those guys are everywhere, and every team is doing it. Doesn't mean it's going to work great, but, you know, every team is going to have blow-ups on their pitching staff. So anybody that, you know, we need to, I figure – 80th percentile is like a three, what, three, eight, three, seven, five ERA. And we weren't really trying to compete with our starters. Can we get a three, nine ERA and be in the top third of the league here with ERA? There's with those. To it. And here's the thing, like, we don't have, like, I just, let's just say that, like, Paxton and Kluber get hurt. Like, okay. It becomes pretty clear what our strategy is going to be. Get to the yeah. floor. Get win saves ERA whip. Try to compete yep. in a little bit in K's and punt wins. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. It's a confined league. We're not competing for an overall title, like you yes. are in most NFC leagues. We we can do that. Um, it, and, like the other, like it's just we have a lot of flexibility with our pitching staff. We can see how the year goes. Like guess what? It's COVID. Things are going to pop up we're not aware of. Seven inning double headers are going to pop up. 
Um, there's yep. a lot of off days I've noticed in the middle of the season. It's almost as if they're like, please. By the way, early season, any chance for a rain cancellation, they're going to cancel it. Oh, any yeah. They in like, April, by the way. I don't know. They scheduled days. Chance of showers, canceled. Yeah. They schedule days for rain. I mean, early in the season. And but I, I'm just, they're going to be like, the home openers, they'll make sure they do. But the other ones are just going to cancel. Just like cancel. Yeah. Like more fans in the seats in the summer, more vaccine we get. Like they're going to shove yep. as many games into the summer as they can. Yeah. And, I, and a lot of times, I mean, I see this a lot on Twitter. I see it a lot on, you know, just in talking with people is you, when you look at our team against, like, I mean, say, put it up against team. Let's just say team one, because it's sitting right next to us. When you look, if we were to go one-on-one against them, they have a better balanced, you know, pitching and hitting, you know, we probably beat them in hitting. They beat us in pitching. It's probably dead even who's going to get the win there. But when you're looking at 15 teams, you need to figure out where our numbers fit in all 15 teams. It's not a one-to-one play. If we can, my when I ran my numbers on this and I, you know, obviously we've got streamers, we got fab, we got everything, but I just ran basic numbers of mine. I had this team finishing sixth with just low, you know, low bottom projections, not any upside, no streaming, just, and we know we're streaming. That's going to push us up in K's. It's going to push us up in wins. And if our hitters do even better, we could jump up to fourth, third, we could get to 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th. It, it just happens in FAB. So as long as you're in the middle of the pack, I think that's where we want to be. Yeah, I, I think our, 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 I think Adam Wainwright, too, was just a perfect person for the staff. Just perfect. Like, oh, I mean, go put your 4.4 ERA up there over 185 innings, please. Like, Yeah, he's going to – he's one of the people that – I mean, is this, this is going to be, what, his last – Last shot? I mean... I, I, I thought last year was his last year, but I think he wants fans in the stands, to be honest. Oh, yeah, and they're going to let him pitch, and he's going to have some bad... He was good yeah. last year. Oh, yeah, he was awesome. But he's going to have some bad starts, just like... I mean, yeah. I mean, do you... Can we say Garrett Cole's not going to have a blow-up or two? Hopefully he doesn't, but, I mean, he's, every pitcher out here is going to have a game where they give up three runs in four innings or something, and that's going to... I mean... Why can't, why can't our crappy pitchers have those? Everybody's going to be, oh, look at that crappy game yet. Well, no kid, Everybody does. They just forget about them because it's their guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, no, I, I like, and, you know, guess what? Like, there's some good, like, for example, like I, I mentioned to you, like, I already threw some guys on free agency bids. Like, yep. there's some good, there's some good starter, like, not good starters, but there's some solid guys that are going to have jobs out here. Mm-hmm. Um, that we can pick up if we need to. Um, so, I, I, look, we're going to have our work cut out for us. But guess what? It's a strong league. It's got a lot of competitive teams. And, mm-hmm. uh, look, the end of the day is I don't win. Like, it's funny. Every year I do, like, which cut line do you like, right? Which teams do you like? I never win the popularity polls. I didn't win them in football last year either. Had a fantastic no. football season, right? You don't win by being just, like, with the herd because – like it's you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. You have to be yep. outside the box. You have to be different. Um, the goal is to win, not to not finish last. Like, could this yep. team finish last? Sure. Um, you know, Air Judge gets hurt, Monesty gets hurt, pitching doesn't pan out. Sure, it's got time. Yep. It happens. Every team on here does. Yep, exactly. So like, yep. but like, 
if things go right for us, I think our ceiling is right there at the top yeah. with maybe a couple other teams. Like, I think our ceiling is yeah. way higher than the average team in this league, and that's where I want to be. Oh, yeah. There's an aw- I mean, there's some awesome drafted teams in here. And like I said, we've, of course, we would like to have a few picks that we got sniped on. Every team out there, every team out there saying that we played in a, I mean, there was 30 people in here that know exactly what they're doing. You know, this is a, this is a fairly big money league. I mean, this is a $500 league and you know, we, we added a little $500 side pot to it also. We're not done either. So well, I can, <laughs> who knows? It's like, say, I suspect we're not done, <laughs> you know, well, it's just, it's just one of those things that it's like, you know, this is a very competitive league and I don't have it. There's not a team on here that I can definitively say is not going to win this league. I mean, a little luck here or there. I'm going to be nice. I think there's one that I, I feel pretty confident in is not going to win. But yeah, I mean, they could fab the hell out of us, though. Hey, I mean, it happens. You know, it. it I've seen no, it. No, I've let me seen, say this. No one absolutely lost it in the draft round. Yeah, I don't think anybody's completely out of it, you know. And I mean, there's obviously some some leaders of the pack here. and But I think with pitching, like I said earlier, I think a lot of them kind of, you know, they bundled themselves up at the top trying to fight for that advantage. And they, they let a lot of hitters to a few of these few of not just us, but a couple other teams got some hitters to fall to them and they got a pretty damn good base and hitting. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to play this out. Um, I'm really excited to do it with you because we think very similarly. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Certainly, I thought like the draft was pretty smooth. Uh, just kind of a lot of agreeing, um, yeah. you know. And, and then like you'd be like, "Hey, what about this guy?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's a good idea." And I, I, you know, I think the only thing if I could have two picks back, like I think I would. Ra- I want the Austin Hayes pick back. I would take him over yep. Castle. Um, I should have known the room better. That was kind of a mistake. Um, Honestly, though, if I make that mistake, I'm not sure we get Crone and Vaughn either. So, like, yep. it yep. might have worked out okay for us, but I love Austin Hayes, and I regret not having him on this team. It's going to hurt, mm-hmm. uh, especially because it's a, a rivalry team that has him. It's going to be like, God damn it. It's gonna yeah, no. yeah, you know, it is it is what it is. I mean, we've got a few players that they've – Oh, yeah, know, we I'm screwed sure they want to. Like, you know. they, we – Team 7, I, I mean, it's a really good team. Yeah, but we screwed him at first base. Like they're starting Nate Lowe and Aguilar, and I know for yep. a fact that we screwed him like at least out of two guys. <laughs> if yeah, and by us, yeah, and by us, yeah, by us taking by us taking all those other guys, that means you know whenever somebody else took one, that hurt them also. I mean, it was just a it's just a domino effect, and, yeah, and it's not the, that we specifically took their guys, but it just pushed everybody. It worked out well. For everybody. Us. It was like, do we want so. Andrew Vaughn or do we want Adam Eaton, Robbie Grossman? Jock Peterson. I'm just like, no, Trey Mancini, go to the outfield. We'll take Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. And Dalak, like. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, and, you know, Dahlback could be horrible. We may drop him. He's 20. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I will drop my second round pick. You know, I have no problem in fab. If they're not, if they're, if they're done and they're hurt or they're not performing, we, it's, Please you know, not, obviously, he's not our second rounder this year. Well, yeah, it, that was kind of being sarcastic. But, you I know, know I'm but, not oh. afraid to drop. I'm not afraid to drop people and move on because you hold on too long and it's and there's just no. Mm-hmm. So and it's going to be a little. Midweek, you need to roster <clears throat> fans, but you held the extra pitcher. Yep. 
that's the nice part about our team is we're just not going to – I don't foresee how we're going to get stuck holding on to pitching too long. Yep. Because we and know I think, what we have to do. And I think a lot right. of I people – I think we're going to be able to just be really honest with ourselves throughout the whole season and not hold on to guys just because we mm-hmm. drafted them. Because we know full what we have to do. And it's not yeah. to hold on to guys. Um, so – And I'm not trying to say – but you and I play a lot of fantasy baseball. We draft a ton. And, you know – a lot of people, you know, not, I'm not saying this draft specifically, but a lot of people drafting right now are kind of in the back of their mind. They still have 2020 in their head, that 60 game season. Think back to how it was played in 2019, how fantasy baseball was played. It is week one. People are streaming two star pitchers. I mean, it is just nonstop. I mean, it is fab. It is go, go, go. You're fighting for, you know, oh, that hot new prospect that Johnny, I mean, what was it? Babapalooza where, I mean, what was it? Jordan and Mercado. I mean, just all those players are just everywhere. You know, it is, it's a beast and a marathon and there's, there's room, there's no room for error in that kind of stuff, you know? So a couple bad moves, a couple bad injuries and you're done, you know? Yep. But I, again, I think like that's where us having a really strong hitting base is like, we know we're going to be focusing a lot of grinder jam. Like yep. if someone gets hurt, then okay, we'll have to evaluate, we'll deal with it then. But our, yep. our offense is pretty plug and play. Um, yeah, we got we got enough first basemen if we get an injury at first base. I so. think we're good at first base. You know what? If we end up needing a first baseman, then I don't think we're going to win the league. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I think we yeah, and that's just you know that was that with that Pache um, pick. We needed a you know we kind of needed an extra outfielder. You know, just so it was like let's take. Let's take the on February twentieth or February twenty first. Let's take the guy that's got some upside right now. And if we don't need to, we if he doesn't work out, doesn't make the team, we fab him out of here and we get an outfielder to that on our bench. Uh, like by the way, like I don't think Tyler O'Neill is the starting left fielder for the St. Louis Cardinals on opening day. He's lost the media, and uh, is I think it's Ray Thomas. I think he's going to win. Well, I mentioned did I, I mentioned that to you during this draft. Yeah, and I said I, I don't think he has a job. And yeah. Then, I, uh, ever since then, uh, the tea leaves have gone like the uh, – like it's clear that the – like the GM and they said that like at the start of the season it was going to be an open competition. And then like the quotes recently have been like kind of that it's not a competition. It's Tyler O'Neill's job. And the yeah. St. Louis media just like never attacks the team. And they mm-hmm. wrote this – what I view for St. Louis standards as a skating article being like – Will you stop just fucking around with Lane Thomas? You've been doing this forever. <laughs> Sorry for the yeah. language, but like, they, oh, yeah. like remember one of those prospects? Like they've been yanking him around for years now. Like he came up, hit a walk off grand slam, had like three home runs in a week and a half, and then they demoted his ass for freaking Dexter Fowler coming off the IR. And the guy yeah. went on a half season slump when he went back. Like no shit. Like you think you get to the majors and you crush, you're gonna stay. And then they just killed his soul for like a year. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, and I don't, I. Like I said, I don't know. If, I, mean, I don't know if he's good. I mean, we've never seen. No, him. I mean, I just I think he's. Good. But at some point, at some think, point, yeah. They, I just you know what I know is I just know Tyler O'Neill's not that good. Yeah, I mean Tyler O'Neill. I mean wait. But yeah, I, when it was a Lane Thomas defense article from the St. Louis media, I started I was like, you know, we still have three weeks to go here. I could see, I I kind of can see how this goes. Like, yep. if he keeps hitting. Uh, I think he's gonna have a job. By the way, Bader's no lock and center. He can just play center. I know they love his defense. Yeah, but I, yeah. Bader's just defense. I mean, I just I don't know, but like it, that's a guy that we can pick up. 
Uh, you know, oh yeah, I, I'm now drafting him late in 15 teamers because it looks like I've been on this guy for three years. Like I'm not gonna be, mm-hmm. be damned if the one year he actually gets the playing time, I'm not on him. So like now I'm back. Yeah, back, but like that's no, but I mean you. Like, there's, there's always there's always, there's always outfielders. It's it's I mean it is what it is. You you need five of them. Sometimes you play six with the utility. But I mean, there's a lot of guys that weren't drafted in this. Hell, DJ there's, Stewart. There's guys that are DJ going to Stewart right now that are on waivers in this league. I mean, D- DJ Stewart was not good by any means over the. But he was a he was a hell of a streamer in DFS. So why not? You know what I mean? Right it was a second for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of guys guys that cool. I think I've seen going higher that I'm like I think that guy's still on waivers in this league. So all right, that's our 80 minute defense right. of our roster. Since I don't think anyone else in the world would defend this, <laughs> I, I think we had it's time to just put it there. So if we win the overall, we can come back. We'll just retweet, retweet this uh, this podcast, and uh, it'll be good to go. If uh, we suck, yeah, then, uh, you'll never know about it, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun, and like I said, with partners is. I've done a couple leagues with partners, and it's fun. It's I mean, it's I learn something every day with it. So I hope we can. At least have fun out of it, you know. I'll oh, maybe win we'll some money, fun. and you know, we'll have to do it again next year. And hell, maybe even do another one this year yet. So yeah, uh, let's talk about that after the show. Uh, All so, right. Um, uh, again, episode twenty-three, Siege Mentality Podcast, brought to you by EliteSportsBetting.com. If you haven't already subscribed, use that code Blue Ten. Blue Ten. You get ten percent off anything you want. VIP, MLB, NBA. NHL, whatever the hell you want, 10% off. Just make sure you use the code BLUE10. BLUE10. Not other colors, BLUE10. Use that promo code. We greatly appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next time.